2: Election Day, 2023, here in the heart of the Hall of Fame City, and it's the Kenny and JT Show. Changing gears a little bit, time to talk a little bit more about Ohio State football. And you can't really talk Ohio State football without talking about what's going on up north. And a person who's got a handle on this story, and we've been following it for weeks, we've had him on the program as well. It's Scoop World Orders, very on the one and only, proud of the Perry Panthers, Kirk Barton. What's up, Kirk? How
0: are you guys doing today?
2: We're doing really good, man. How are you? And I mean, you know, I want to start you off with this story because the more we hear of what's going on and we, you know, we see the story, we hear that there's uh, letters been written to that team up north. Uh, They've got another day or so to uh, handle their allegations and figure out which way, what direction they're going to take. It gets a little bit confusing for us. So where did the whole thing start, Kirk?
0: Well, I, I think with you know the Connor Stallion thing, I mean, there's been a lot of rumors between the teams in the Big Ten about what these guys were doing, how they got so good so fast with basically the same players and two brand new coordinators, and you know this guy is the guy that got pinched, and you know he's he's already been fired, or he resigned, or whatever. But he, uh, you know, it just it was just interesting how kind of hand handed it was. Like so, I mean, part of it's sophisticated, but part of it is like. You just roll your eyes because he has such a digital paper trail of receipts and and all the like, and it's just kind of crazy that he did all this. Because you know, as they're auditing everything and they're doing the forensic, forensic, um, it just, it just, you know, there's this paper trail that the NCA is getting a hold of, and you know, investigative reporters are getting a hold of, and frankly, people at Michigan who do not like Jim Harbaugh who are in positions of power are leaking to the media. So it is, uh, it's Game of Thrones at its finest right now.
1: Kirk, when this does eventually get settled, either by the Big Ten, by the NCAA, or both, could we, let me rephrase it then, could we have two separate punishments? Could we have one this year from the Big Ten handed down, and then after the year from the NCAA as they continue their investigation?
0: Yeah, I I think that could absolutely be a possibility. I mean, the difference is is that there's a lot of outrage, uh, especially, you know, you got to remember like college football coaches for us, they're just mechanisms for entertainment, but guys lose their jobs because they don't win because, uh, you know, Michigan beats them 70 to three or whatever. And fire the offensive coordinator. Or yeah, I mean, there's, there's like real consequences to this. So when someone's cheating, like these coaches, you know, a lot of these coaches are under massive pressure across uh, college football, but you know, the way the salaries are and everything, I and mean, there's a lot of pressure, man, a lot of expectations. So, I think absolutely there could be some. The problem with the NCAA is they move like an iceberg or the Hindenburg, basically. So, you know, I think that with the, the amount of vitriol, you, you basically need the big fence to act. And I think the commissioner, you know, again, I, I, I joke, he, he didn't get to go to, you know, like the commissioner simulation program where they say, hey, one of your two flagship schools is cheating. It could very well be the worst cheating scandal in the history of college football. Uh, what do you do about it?
2: NCAA conducting an investigation like this almost taking as long, it seems like, the Warren Commission after JFK got shot 60-some years ago. Kirk, when you think about what's going on right now, uh, my question has got to be this. Were there allegations, like going all the way back to like last year, did anybody have an idea that when Michigan was torching us in the second half of the Ohio State-Michigan game last year, where seemingly – we had their number in the first half. I think we had 150 yards total offense to, like, 10. Then all of a sudden, what do we score? Like, three points in that second half. Were there allegations then?
0: Well, I, well, I, I think that the thing that that really tipped it off is coaches at Ohio State found on the sideline uh, after the 2018 game, which you know, it didn't work as Urban dropped, like, 62 points that game.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, but... You know, they found that play sheet with Keenan Bailey and all the signals on it. And, like, they kind of were like, whoa, this is a pretty sophisticated thing. Hmm. And they, you know, they, they saw that, you know, they literally had, like, a diagram. And I broke it all down on on my podcast on com, where, you know, they they said Keenan Bailey, who's now a tight end coach at the time, was a signaler. He was, like, a an intern. And they said, you know – 48% of the time he wears a blue T-shirt, you know, because they, they have different – they have a, mm-hmm. a green, a yellow, and a blue on the sideline. And those those denote the different signalers. And, you know, one guy's a live guy. The other two guys are just like – you know, they're just the, they're the signalers that are there to throw off the, the guys stealing signs. But I think at 18 was when they really knew this, and that's why I think Shiano made a big stink about it at halftime a couple years ago because it was such a – it was so obvious they were picking things because, you know, when you go back and watch the game last year – I mean, you know, we started off gangbusters. We had C.J. Stroud. But then we really got shut down. And sometimes, you know, like James Franklin alluded to, these guys just seem to have the perfect call too often. When you're doing stuff that completely breaks tendencies, things that completely are against anything that you would ever pick up in conventional scouting. So you're just like, you know, the, the signs are being picked. And I think Ohio State since 2018, they've just decided wow. you know, to, to try and figure out how sophisticated it was. And I think that they got – you know, they got a lot more – it's like they got a little taste of how good they could be at stealing signs. And then, you know, when Connor Stallion shows up, he says, well, I can get a network of my buddies to go to the games and film the signals, and then we can splice it with our tape and their tape, and then, you know, you could – I mean, if if you do it the way he's doing it, it's completely unfair. It, it's, you know, it's like if you're playing uh, Texas Hold'em against everybody and you got to see everybody's cards and they didn't get to see yours, and magically, <laughs> like, you win the tournament because you know when to bluff and – fold and fold and whatever, so it's, um, it, it, it's stunning, and again, the, the juicy stuff is like, stuff comes out like every day, yeah. so that's why the NCAA had to get to the campus quick, because frankly, they, they moved slow, but when they saw how bad this was, they were there like the same week.
1: Happy to have with us former Buckeye, former Perry Panther, Kirk Barton. Follow him on Twitter at Kirk underscore Barton. Buckeyscoop.com. Uh, you can check uh that, that website out and the podcast that they do fantastic stuff, and that's why we have them on discussing this uh, you know Michigan scandal. So when do you think the big ten will hand we've been hearing that it could be a suspension two games three games rest of the season uh for jim harbaugh from the big 10 do you expect some type of punishment from the big 10 and if so kirk when i
0: expect it any day now honestly i mean i'm honestly kind of surprised it didn't happen monday but you know i know that michigan is threatening to you know temporary screening order and all that but you know there's there's real merits in the suspension this isn't like some you know, like they're just, oh, we're going to suspend you just because we don't like you. Like, this is, this is really bad. This is bad for the conference. This is, you know, and, you know, it, it's kind of like how Roger Goodell would suspend people to protect the shield. Like, you got to protect the, the integrity of the Big Ten because, you know, like I said, there's coaches in the last two years that have gotten fired and, you know, after they played Michigan or Michigan ran it up on them. And those coaches are still like, I don't have a job now and I got to go, you know, work at a lesser job or whatever. And it's because, you know, I was getting cheated. So, I, I think it could be any day now. Again, I know the commissioner has that. But I think that, you know, you see a lot of the national media fervor, you know, Stephen A. Smith and those types that came out and, you know, Michigan shouldn't be in the playoffs and that type of thing. So, you know, again, I, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see if they move before Saturday. I think they're going to, um, and it'll be interesting to see how that line moves between Penn State and, uh, Michigan.
2: Kirk Barton's got a podcast, com, and it's outstanding every night at 7 o'clock. Now, Kirk, uh, where do we sift out the real stuff from the false news? And we hear things all the time, like Michigan State guy, they bring in somebody for a facial recognition expert to see if Connor Stallions was actually on the sidelines at the Central Michigan Say, I mean, are things like that true?
0: Well, I mean, they might be, but, I mean, you know, with 4K cameras and video, like, I broke that film clip down on my show, and the, the guy – there's a clip where a dude's running out of bounds and he jumps up on, like, the... It's like a big storage chest or something, jumps over the bench, and all the coaches are looking at the guy. You, You guys have seen guys run out of bounds at high school football games, and they try to not hit the bench, not blow their knee out on the bench, like, whatever. And so, Connor Stallings is there, and he literally is, like, looking at the ground and he's, like, you know, and he's got sunglasses on at night, and he's got a hat. And, like, when that guy comes over there, he looks down and pulls his hat brim down over his face because... He knows not supposed to be there and he doesn't that game's on national T V and you know if the guy runs right past you on the sideline and runs out of bounds, like the camera's probably painting to him and you. <laughs> so it's just you know, it it's just so obvious. I mean again, like that's why I think that Jim McElwain in central Michigan was really slow to go and identify that that was him, because you know, they they know that, that you know, if, if they uh, admit that they were complicit in this, then the hammer could come for them too. You know, sure. and how deep was it and you know, they, they, they don't want anything to do with that, man. Because this thing is, this is one of the things where I think everybody is going to end up getting whacked just because, you know, I don't know how you can keep the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, promote. Because on Moore would be the odds on favor to be the next head coach if Jim Harbaugh wants to leave. But I don't know how you keep him when he's completely complicit in it as well.
1: Kirk, as this story was developing and then more information is coming out and coming out, the, the Michigan fans are, you know, uh, all of a sudden uh, uh, up in arms about this. And I saw, who was it all, uh, that you reposted? Somebody, uh, was it Matt Finkus, who who made a great statement uh, to the Michigan fans uh, about uh, taking on the Big Ten? Was that who it was?
0: Yeah, I mean, Finkus has been great, I mean, this whole time. You know, And there's a lot of guys that have been, like, superstars of this because it's just so it's so bad. You know, in Michigan is always, they're always as pretentious as they've ever been. But, you know, when you get caught like doing something this, this bad, this illegal, this isn't selling gold pants. This isn't, you know, paying for a ham sandwich for somebody. This is literally like you're stealing signals. You're costing people jobs. You beat basically, I mean, you know, when you watch CJ Stroud on Sundays now, you have no idea how on earth we could lose to that Michigan team. When we had CJ Stroud and Marvin and Ameka and Trey Henderson and Paris and DeJuan, I mean, the Browns stadium had three Ohio state offensive linemen dressed on Sunday. So, you know, I, I think that they're, you know, they've always been like, it's kind of like Notre Dame. They're like pretentious or blue-blooded. They, you know, they, they, they you know, they're all about academia and how, how great their degree is and how bad the Ohio state degree is. And then, you know, so they're always like, a, they always act like they're above board, but <laughs> honestly they have had two of the worst shooting scandals in the history of football or of, uh, of athletics with the fab five and, and with this, and this, this was the Fab Five out of the, absolutely out of the water. So, you know, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I love seeing these guys miserable and in pain. So, you know, like I, I, I revel in it, and I get to talk about it every day, and I get two thousand people watching the show live, and it, it's a blast.
2: We right? love having you.
0: There's, a, there's a mm-hmm. lot of people that love seeing Michigan in pain. So. You know, I, I'm enjoying every minute of it.
2: We love it, too, and it's a great podcast, and it's Kirk Barton right now, and it's the Buckeyescoop.com. You can find it all over the place. And a lot of times during the podcast, you invite not only just Buckeye fans, but the fans from that team up north as well. They can chime in whenever they like to, which brings me to this. When you consider the fact that some people look at this whole scheme or allegations, whatever you want to call it, and say it's not fair to the kids, not fair to the kids because they didn't have anything to do with it. And if it was Harbaugh and his staff, then they should have known better. And it's only cheating if you get caught. Yada yada yada. Fine, I get that, but it's not fair to our players that lost those games either, is it?
0: No. And you know what? No one ever cares about the kids. So I mean, I threw that out the window. Right. It's like when they when they fire these coaches, and you know. The kids lose because, you know, you fire a head coach, you're losing your position coach, you're losing your recruiting coordinator, your strength coach. Like those guys are all getting whacked. So, you know, like the kids are always last, but you know, I, it, it hurts me for kids like Garrett Wilson, who I love to death. And I've got a great relationship. Paris Johnson. Mm-hmm. Paris Johnson is one of the greatest human beings, one of the greatest kids, great mom. Cause like those kids never earned any gold pants. And the last two years, they had superior teams, you know, and you know, in, in 2021, you know, I mean, we got some pretty good up there. But last year, you know, we have really good handles on the team, the makeup of the team. We get a ton of inside information, like who's hurt, how are we feel, and how's the game plan. And so, you know, last year was as perplexing of a game. The second half of the Michigan game was as perplexing as I've ever seen.
2: I have to agree with that, too. And I was yeah. down there.
0: And, and, again, like, you know, C.J. Trump is going to end up being the unanimous NFL Rookie of the Year this year. And we had him versus J.J. J. McCarthy. And we had Marvin <laughs> and Emeka and Trey Henderson and, Trace talking the first running back taken in Paris, and it's like, and somehow they magically shut us down. And there's, again, there's film you know that I broke down on Buckeye Scoop where they show the sideline, they show Connor Scion's pointing and all everyone else is pointing. So again, those players knew what was going on because when you're a fifty-five thousand dollar a year employee at the University of Michigan, generally like your job is to make coffee and make copies and make sure that the towels are dry. <laughs> like you're not, your job, you're not in the middle of the the game planning. Jim Harbaugh and coordinators that are making two million each. They're not asking the guy that makes 55 grand, who's basically a secretary, to go. You know, hey, what do we do? What do we do on the game plan? But he was right in the middle of it. Again, those players, yeah. you know, they knew what was going on. And you know, right. when, they're, when they're all pointing, they're like, well, why are we pointing when this intern is telling, a recruiting intern is telling us to point up in the sky? <laughs> say, oh, it's because it's because he has the signs every single time. Wow, this really helps our guys on defense when they know exactly what's coming. Oh, it's a pass. Oh, it's a run. Oh, it's a run to the yeah. right. Oh, like. You know, I mean, we could go win the Super Bowl if we knew, hey, they're going to run a toss sweep to the right. Okay, let's blitz the corner, blitz the edge player, you know, bring a safety down. So you'll have four guys right where the, the toss is going. I mean, it's it's not hard. And you know, and, and you don't have to be right every time. But if you're right mm-hmm. half the time, I mean, those are, you know, you, you gain of one, loss of one, a sack. You know, I mean, there there's a play we broke down where, you know, it was a run to the right. And it was a play where he said run right, and it was a run right. And the two safeties are in too high playing cover, two. so the two safeties are playing deep. And as soon as the ball is they're running at the line of scrimmage. So Mm. there was nothing in the universe that would tell them to run. I mean, they didn't read anything. It was like they were almost blitzing.
2: You know, I'll tell you what's really unfortunate about this whole story is the fact that in my lifetime, I don't ever remember a coach being suspended twice in one season being able to withstand that and then come back and coach your team. If you go back in time to when he was 0-5, I believe, against Ohio State, you would have looked at Jim Harbaugh and said, man, keep him there as long as you can because he can't beat oh, yeah. us. So
0: oh, I mean, people I mean, wanted him to have a lifetime extension. Exactly. He, he turned into Urban Meyer all of a sudden, and everyone's like, oh, my God, you know, we got got to get rid of this guy. And the thing that was always weird to me about Jim Harbaugh is that, you know, he's at his alma mater, he played for Bo, Scho- Bo Schoenbeck, where he is an absolute Michigan man to the absolute core. But the last two offseasons, he's been like, dying to go to the nfl like he interviewed with the minnesota vikings Mm -hmm. on national signing day which is the biggest fu you could ever give to your own college football programs that means that you want out bad you don't care about the kids you just signed you know and then he interviews with the broncos which is a terrible job because you know russell wilson's got the worst contract in the nfl so he'd be stuck you know in rebuild mode forever but you know those coordinators got out of there uh you know McIlwain got out of there uh you know the, the coordinator that was there rick minner's kid he went, to, uh, he went to Baltimore. And so these guys are like jumping ship because I think that they knew that, you know, the, the boat had hit the iceberg and there was water coming in. And, like, we better get out of here while the getting's good. Because, you know, if if you stay and then all of a sudden you're part of this thing, it can really, you know, impact your coaching career. Because if you're the coordinator, people will be like, well, are you actually good at calling a game and calling plays? Or do you just have the signs, you know? Like, am I good at playing poker? or am I good because I've got everyone cheating and telling me what everyone else has? Yeah. That's a a dramatic difference in in your talent level and your skill level. And frankly, your compensation level that you'd be considered for.
1: Yeah. And this coming from the guy who uh, mentioned Ryan day standing on third base. So, uh, you know, um, take it for what it's worth there. uh, You know, when when people
0: say stuff like that, I always assume that they're, they've got something to hide. You know, it's like, it's like a random shot of all time. I'm like, yeah, I mean, Ryan Day's worked hard, and he was a grunt. And he was a GA for Urban at Florida, and it's not like he was like he walked right into the. I mean, he he did, he did twenty years of time, you know, not making a lot of money, moving his family all over the place. Like that's not being born on third place, and and he's a really good play caller, which is why our offense is so good. So, you know, again, but when someone says something like that, you always like kind of scratch your head and you're just like, okay, why would why would he say that? So okay.
1: yeah, yeah, I got you. Hey. Let's talk some Buckeyes. Uh, we have a few minutes left here, Kirk. All right, uh, your thoughts on, on this team tonight? We're going to find out if they they stay at number one or if they drop down. Again, an ugly win at Rutgers after an ugly uh, you know win against Wisconsin and, and Penn State. What what do you make of this team uh, right now?
0: I mean, I think they're I think their team of destiny. I really do. I mean, I, I, they remind me of the '02 team. They remind me of the '14 team. Um, you know, we've been calling the team of destiny, you know, again, Rutgers, you know, like let's, let's, let's give Rutgers credit. Cause for one, I think Greg Shanna is a top 20 coach in in college football, not in the NFL, but in college football. Cause anybody that can make Rutgers good, which is, you know, one of the worst programs in America. I mean, you have to be a fantastic football coach and he, and again, they were coming off of a bye week so they had two weeks to prep their bodies were fresh. We're coming off a night game at Wisconsin where, you know, Wisconsin wasn't great, but Wisconsin with Luke is still a really physical outfit. So that's taxing. Like people don't realize like those night games, you get home at 5am, you know, you don't, you don't teleport home. Like for us, like we turn the night game off at 11 and go to bed and we're up at seven and we're fine. But those players, they got to wait for everybody to shower, everybody get on the plane, fly home, take the bus to the facility, get your luggage. Like it's, it's exhausting. So, you know, I knew that they'd be a little down. And for Rutgers, that was their Super Bowl, and they played like it. Um, but, you know, we find ways to win. And, again, I think the most important attribute of a team is finding ways to win. And, like, when you have a defense like we have this year, you can beat anybody. You know, because there isn't there isn't like a 2019 LSU team that you're just mortified of. There isn't an offense out there where you're like, oh, my God, if we see those guys, it's going to be bad. Because college football isn't great this year. There isn't like a, a team that's a juggernaut like the 2020 Bama team or – you know, there's some years where you see a team at the top, and you're like, yeah, that's going to be like 2021 Georgia when they had, you know, nine first-round picks on defense. And yeah. you know, the, the big you know, Jordan Davis, who's 380 pounds, playing those. Like, that was a tall task, you know. But mm-hmm. this year, you look, and I'm like, man, this is winnable for anybody. You know, there's about seven or eight teams that could probably win it. And I think Ohio State's at the top for end of that tier. So, you know, again, it comes down to health. Like, I mean, Cade Silver's ding. We probably won't see him until Michigan. Uh, Yeah, I think we're going to be holding a lot of guys because Michigan State is terrible. They fired Mel Tucker. Minnesota's bad. So if in doubt, hold guys out. You know, get some of these young guys in there. Let them run around and go run a letter. But I I just think it's a team of destiny. I really do. I mean, at this point in 2002, nobody was like, oh, my God, we are amazing. Like, there's totally beat Miami. Like, nobody actually believed that we had a chance to beat Miami. So we did. So it's kind of like one of those teams.
2: I think you want to stay healthy. The next two games are like tune-up games for the team up north. The other thing is this, Kirk, when you think about that, and I agree with you, I don't look at any team right now, and it might come down, and I told Kenny this yesterday, to the biggest game, who makes the most mistakes the other team wins. That being said, and I don't know how much you've seen that team up north. They think they're a team of destiny. They haven't played anybody. You look at the strength of schedule. Michigan hasn't played anyone. They go into Happy Valley on Saturday. They're a five-point favorite. Who do you like there?
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's hard for me to pick against Michigan. I know they got everything in the world swirling, but I just think that they have a massive advantage at quarterback. And like, I hate saying that because brawler's an Ohio kid, but you know, when he came to the shoe, man, he was scared to death. And again, he's a young kid; he's a true sophomore. A lot of time to develop. Um, I think Penn State's defense is fantastic. I mean, the thing that would swing it for me is that this was one of those was a night game. Like, I, I played in two whiteouts, and those are like. Seven to 10 point advantages like when you get to play in like, like wow. that kind of atmosphere and vibe um but of course you know because you know the big time sucks we have to make it a noon game and they make the ohio state michigan state game tonight game which is going to be a 75 point blowout but so stupid I, I, I like i like michigan i don't think penn state can block them um i hope i'm wrong and i hope you guys can call me and laugh at me and point at me uh, but i i just think that Michigan I think Michigan's advantage at quarterback is substantial and that's the thing that um you know end of the day, if you put a gun to my head I took the team that has the better quarterback the more veteran quarterback the one that's won Big Ten titles who's been to the playoffs like I think that that's the difference and and he's and and you know on the road I love mobile quarterbacks I think mobile quarterbacks are the great equalizer when there's crowd noise and things get screwed up he can go take off and you know convert on a third and medium third and long and if that breaks team's backs, and it, it takes the air out of a of a, an electric home crowd
1: last thing, and i 'll let you go on this uh, Kyle McCord, your thoughts uh, kirk i 'm on record as saying I thought the Buckeyes would lose two uh, at least two games this year. I thought they 'd lose at Notre Dame. they won by a half yard, but it 's still a win, okay, um, and I thought that game up north, uh, and that was before knowing about the the cheating scandal and i i my reasoning was offensive line, inexperienced quarterback question mark give me your thoughts on the the quarterback Kyle McCord what you see from him because at times nine for nine other times my god what's he doing
0: it's it's one of the strangest things I've ever seen in in in, in not just covering like college football like I played college football and when I was in high school I was a fan of college football I always studied college football it's like how he is in the first half versus the second half is one of the strangest things I've ever seen and it's (laughs) like I always joked. I joked on the podcast I was like I don't have Ryan Day you know when they they walk to the stadium in their little suits and ties, I would make core dress in his complete regalia, put his shoulder pads on, his helmet. I'd let the fans I'd let the fans tackle him on the way to the stadium. He'd have to throw the ball and and move around because then like he could maybe mentally think that that is the first half of the game. But you know, I just I don't know, man, because it's just it, it's the second half he turns up to Tom Brady. So it's just, <laughs> I don't know if it's a mental block. You know, he's had some nasty turnovers. So again, yeah. that Penn State one, like the play of the game for us against Penn State was when they, they reversed that, you know, there was that holding call. And yeah. you know, the big fat lineman that scored that 70-yard touchdown. Like that was, when they reversed that, that was the play of the game for us because Penn State had a lot of juice at that time. And, you know, but again, in the season, it comes down to about 10 plays. It was kind of like Josh Proctor, knocking the ball loose, Jordan Hancock grabbing it, going back, getting a pick six and you know it was 96 so they're marching on us and you know they're down you know the, almost to the red zone and you know we get that pick six and that's what the season is. The season comes down to those moments where all of a sudden, you know, someone steps up, they make a play it's like like something Mike Doss would do or like Maurice Claret taking the ball from Sean Taylor. Like those are the ones when you look back on the highlight of the season and the championship like these were the guys and the plays that made and being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, that's why I, I like Ohio State against Michigan. I don't think Michigan's played anybody. They're not as battle-tested. But it all comes down to the overall health of Ohio State. Because, again, we've been snakes bit with injuries. You know, Emeka is still dinged up. Cade Stover's not going to play till Michigan in all likelihood. Trey looks like the best running back in the country. We've got to keep him healthy and, you know, wrap him in double wrap. But if we're fully healthy, I – I really like our chances. I, I know playing in Ann Arbor, winning in Ann Arbor is the greatest feeling you can experience if you're an Ohio State player outside of a national title, but I'd almost put winning in Ann Arbor like right next to it because it feels wow. that good. And there's all this momentum, all this juice, all this anger and fury. And I like it, you know, cause I think that, you know, some of the, you know, all the, all the clouds swirling around Michigan right now, it's not a fun time to be a Michigan Wolverine football player. Cause everywhere you go, everybody wants to know, what do you know? Coach getting fired, he's getting suspended and, that wears on players. I was, I was on Southwest Trust when, when the, the clouds were swirling and getting dark, and all of a sudden, you know, when when he got whacked, like I mean, you know, every day everyone wanted to know the inside scoop of what was going on, and these players, I mean, it's it's grating. So it'll be interesting nice to see how they come out in Happy Valley this week.
1: Hey, Kirk, thanks for the time. Great stuff. Keep up the fantastic work uh, with the Buckeyescoop.com podcast, we'll talk to you down the road. All right.
0: Appreciate you both. You guys have a good one. Thank
1: you.